Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Justina Petrullo, Associate Editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we're talking with two individuals who are essential in the creation and implementation of the Health Access Initiative for Recovery, otherwise known as R-HAIR, launched by Community Care Behavioral Health Organization of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The initiative provides community members with the opportunity to speak to a trained barber or hairstylist about anything that might be affecting their mental health. Joining us today are Lori Weems, Program Manager of Social and Racial Justice and Health Equity at Community Care Behavioral Health, Program and Project Manager of Our Hair, and Curtis Miller, owner of Ayers LLC, a barber and social shop, and Our Hair Project Consultant. He assists in curriculum creation, implementation, delivery training, and more. Can each of you please briefly introduce yourself and your role in the Hair Initiative? And Ms. Weems, would you mind starting? Sure. Um, My name is Lori Weems, and I'm the program manager of social and racial justice and health equity at Community Care Behavioral Health. Um, And the HAIR initiative, I'm actually the, you know, program manager, project manager of the HAIR initiative. So I kind of coordinate and facilitate and make sure all the pieces are there and everything is running like a well-oiled machine. My name is um, Curtis Miller. I'm the owner of Ayers Barber and Social Shop. Um, I was brought on to um, the project as a consultant, responsible for, I mean, we're responsible for a lot of things, but uh, writing the curriculum, um, meeting with the team to um, work through ideas, um, implementation, all of those things, delivery of the trainings, what else, Uh, recruiting uh, barbers and stylists from the city, and um, just overall, wherever we're needed, fitting in wherever we're asked to or whatever Lori asks us to do, just getting in there, make sure that we get the job done. Awesome. Thank you so much. Creation of the HAIR initiative and why was a formal program needed instead of referring people to conventional therapeutic resources? So um, at Community Care, um, we've been doing a lot of work since the death of George Floyd in 2020. We created a... Um, company-wide social and racial justice action plan. And we have um, six key areas that we focus on as a part of that action plan. And one of those key areas was community engagement. And so the um, each one of those key areas, we have a work group and a specific work plan. And, and so the our hair initiative came out of that. Somebody came up with the ideal to really engage barbers and stylists because what we know is that, you know, black and brown people, we experience, you know, mental health at the same rate as the general population, but really only one third of us who actually need the help get it. And then when we do get it, a lot of times we don't get guideline care treatment. Um, And so there's a lot of distrust in the African-American community against, you know, the health system in general. Um, But who we do know that they trust are their barbers and stylists. And for a lot of people, um, barbers and stylists are, you know, like the 
you know, central key part of the community and they are the people that they trust. And some people, that's the only therapist, quote unquote, that they ever talk to. They share everything with their barbers and stylists. And, and so we thought what a great idea it would be to like partner with them and just bring them more um, resources for the, to put in their toolbox. You know, we really wanted it to be a partnership. We didn't come in like, oh, we're the experts. Let us teach you something. But we really are locking arms with them and just supporting them to do what they already have been doing. Like they've already been talking to their clients and being a support to them. So we just want to give them more tools um, to, you know, to be a support to their clientele. Yeah. And I, I agree with Lori in terms of, you know, my view of the um, development was everything just kind of came together at the right time. We have a lot of mutual um, parties that we're both involved with. One of my friends being um, Julius Boatwright, we were talking about some things that I wanted to do around mental health, um, barbering, all of those things, um, because that is my background. And he was able to introduce me to Lori and her team. And we had a lot of similar ideas and we just were able to, to really sit down um, to talk about it and come up with something really good. And like Lori was saying, it's really why we chose to do it a non-traditional way is because it's really um, a really heavy stigma in the black and brown community as far as mental health, getting treatment, different things like that. And there's also, uh, I would say kind of a trend where a lot of individuals and organizations are trying to do this very same thing. But the unique thing about it is that both the consultants are um, actually uh, stylists, barbers, and therapists. So I think we offer a different perspective with our own unique backgrounds um, combined with what Lori and her team does at CCBHO. It's just a, a, it's a perfect fit and it makes sense for the community. I see. Thank you. And I, um, I really admire the fact that both of you recognize something that was already working. And like you said, Ms. Weems and Mr. Miller, like it was already integrated into the community and you just gave people tools and um, more capability to help the community even more. Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. So thank you so much for answering. When the program was being developed, what aspects did you believe most definitely need to be included and why? I think that, you know, I, I really felt that it was important that we made this culturally specific, like when we, you know, are, you know, give training them on different resources to try to use examples and scenarios and situations that are specific that are likely to impact, you know, the black and brown community. So I thought that that was very, very important to, to make sure that that was you know, a part of what we're doing to make it really relevant to them, you know, so I, that that was one of the key things that I felt was important. I see. Thank you. What makes this program different from a traditional therapeutic service? Yeah, I just think because it comes to the people, it meets them where they're at, you know what I mean? It, um, and, and I think coming from 
barbers and stylists who they already respect. It really does help reduce the stigma and normalize the fact that it is okay to get help. You know what I mean? Like, cause there is, as Curtis touched on, there's a lot of stigma in the black and brown community. You know, we were raised with, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house. We don't talk about our business therapies for white people, that kind of thing. Those things are very, very common um, in our community, but having your stylist talk about, you know, mental health and just normalize it, it, it helps tremendously for them. So, you know, I think that that's very important. I agree with it, Lori. And I think um, like if you look at traditional therapy, it's going to typically be in an office. Um, it's going to be with a stranger. Um, you know, of course, they're, you know, kind of updating those things now. Um, you have to work on building a rapport. You have to work on getting comfortable. You have to work on cultural competence. You have to work on a therapist understanding your background, you know, building that trust. Whereas in barbershops and salons, um, that that trust is already being developed. Like Lori said, we're we're already staples in the community. We're already connected to our people. And I always say it, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. But if you can memorize the scars and bumps and bruises on a person's head, um, you you memorize certain things about their lives. I can, if a client comes in and I haven't seen them in a month, for some reason, I can just say, hey, how did your wedding go last week? Like, how did everything turn out? You know, so that's a comfort. You know, people go beyond being clients. They go to being family. They go to being friends. And this is just the most relaxing environment you can come into and receive services. And that's all therapy aims to do. Get to know you make you comfortable, um, provide a service, build a rapport, and um, understand what's going on in a person's life. So I agree with Lori 100%. That's amazing. Thank you both so much for um, expanding on that. And I love that quote that you gave Mr. Miller about, um, you know, if you can memorize what's going on in a person's head physically and their bumps and bruises, you can, you know who they are because mm -hmm. you have a relationship with them. And that's, that's amazing. Thank you. In what ways have either of you seen the initiative help men in barbershops specifically? And what about women in salons? And I'm not sure if you, either of you can speak on this, but if you can, um, that would be wonderful. Um, I think one of the things, like one of the barbers that uh, participated in the initiative, he talked about for himself by going through this training, he recognized that he himself needed to get some help. You know what I mean? Just recognizing uh, the signs and symptoms of depression. And he said, wait a minute, that's me. And so he was able to get help. And one of the things that he says that he does is he is very open with his clientele now. And he lets them know, listen, I'm struggling too. It's okay. Get some help. You know what I mean? You can go get some help. And so I think for men, because you know, men typically they're not, they don't talk about their feelings a lot. You know what I mean? And so he's normalizing that in his barbershop to talk about, you know, the struggles that we have and that, listen, I'm right there with you and I'm getting help and you can too. So that's one of the things that I think for the, the um, that I see with the men is just the opening up of, you know, getting help. Um, and for the women, you know, women, one thing about us, we get together, we're going to talk. <laughs> so, you know, I think that um, I think for, for the 
the stylists that have um, been a part of this, one of the things that they report is just being aware of more resources that maybe they didn't know that they could share with their clients. I think they do a lot of talking with their clients, but just being able to, you know, have more resources that, you know, you can say, hey, here's something that you need. We had a um, a stylist who shared with one of his cli her client his clients it, it's, he's a male stylist but his client she was struggling with homelessness and he was able to share some resources and for her to get help so I think um, for the women a lot of it is being able to you know be aware of various resources that are available to them. Yeah, for me, I think um, I, I think it's good because it's sort of unisex um we haven't targeted um you know the the specifics uh sexes per se and i like that because you know we're, we're working with barbers we're working with stylists and we're trying to make sure um that people are comfortable we're trying to make sure that we equip them with tools um to be able to address things that they may see and i'm seeing it firsthand. I have a, you know, background as a therapist, but um, the fruits of the project um, are our aim for the initiative and what, what we want to accomplish it. I'm seeing it firsthand because in my business, um, more and more individuals are coming in who are distressed and I'm able to um, actually model for uh, my barbers um, how to address it. We had an individual come in uh, last week uh, one of the barbers was trying to recruit this person for a haircut. Uh, the person came in and right away I noticed that like something's a little off. Like I'm I'm looking at the person's eyes. I'm like, something's a little off, but, you know, just monitor the situation. So they come in the shop. He sits in the chair um, and I'm still looking and I speak to him. Um, you know, hey, how are you doing? That kind of thing. And his response was like a little muddled. And I was like, let me continue to observe the situation. So, you know, needless to say, um, he was going into um, some type of um, like episode. Uh, so, and before he left, he got out of the chair. He didn't want the haircut anymore. And he just came to the front and sat in the lobby. He didn't leave. And I was like, okay, there's definitely something going on. And um, what ended up happening was he just asked us for prayer. He said, can you guys please pray for me? You know, so we did that and I spoke to him and, and talked to him and prayed for him. And um, I went into what we're tra uh, training the barbers and stylists to do. I started to offer resources. I started to offer help. And I actually gave him <laughs> one of these picks right here um, and just, you know, try to monitor the situation and make sure that he was OK. We were very careful um, not to um, call the police because I wanted to demonstrate for them that there's a certain way that that needs to be addressed as well. Um, but these these things are occurring every day in barbershops and salons. And what we're training them to do is to be able to deal with anyone in crisis. And also, um, like Lori was saying, um, being behind the chair, being a stylist, being a barber, um, how to manage themselves as well to make sure that their their mental health is taken care of too. Thank you so much. Thank you for that um, anecdote, Mr. Miller. That's so valuable. And that's such a great point about the people behind the chair taking care of themselves as well, because then that will help equip them to take care of others as, as we know. So thank you.
how did you know this was a need in the community and not an isolated occurrence, not just like a one-time thing that could help people? I think that things become trendy. You know, DEI can become trendy. Um, when LeBron James did the barbershop talks, um, it became trendy. But um, for professionals like us that have been in the field for a long time, we've, we've known that this was a need for a while. Uh, we know the number of therapists in the city. Um, we know the need. We know about the uh, the long waits of people to be um, seen by providers. Um, and it's a it's an ongoing thing. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, practices are full. Uh, people can't get seen, you know, all of those things. And like I said, there there are um, different individuals or different entities doing the same thing. But what makes this uh, really cool is that uh, CCBHO, Lori and her team are really committed um, to the project. And you can see that um, in their demonstration, um, the passion behind it, the meetings where we just really focus on um, ways to really uh, help the community. And we know this isn't just like, a, what do you call it? Like a one and done thing. We know people are suffering every day because we see it every day. Um, this isn't like a commercial package where we're doing this just to, you know, get attention or, you know, be the first ones to touch base. But um, mental health is something that is, um, it's, it's an ongoing effort. Uh, we've seen it in practice for so many years. And um, it's just a blessing to have found a unique way uh, to address it and address it authentically in the way that people um, can understand and uh, translate into the, um, you know, the world of mental health. And I would just add from a CCBHO perspective, like we're always looking at health equity in our organization and we're always looking at our numbers and we consistently see that there is a disparity between um, our African-American um, members and how they, you know, engage treatment and, and not engage in treatment, even though we know that they're struggling, they just don't get help. And we've seen that consistently. So we know that there's an ongoing thing. It's not just a temporary um, thing. And then with COVID happening, it, as with many other things, it just blew the lid off of the disparities that happen and, you know, how, you know, things, um, affect uh the black and brown population so we know that it's not a trend you know we know it's definitely not just something temporary and lord you if i can hop in really quick you you made me think of something that was a really good point during the the pandemic i would say was the first time that even myself as a therapist i found out that it was okay to not be okay mm -hmm. so i think coming out of that and still our um, larger society kind of recovering from the pandemic, uh, we still have a lot of things to deal with. We still have a lot of, you know, because we were shut in the house for a long time. And I always put on my social media stuff about self-talk, like the way that you just try to talk to yourself, you try to encourage yourself, you try to work through problems and not realizing that everyone doesn't do that. Everyone doesn't have that. So when you have a venue like we have to be able to say, hey, we have the resources, we have the skills and ability to go out into to the community and not only tell people that it's okay not to be okay, but to provide services, tools, and resources 
then that's the ultimate way of being able to give back and really truly taking care of the communities that we live in. I see. Thank you. And that's such a great point, um, especially highlighting the COVID-19 pandemic and its role in disparities that Black and brown people experience and its continued impact. What do community members have to say about the HAIR initiative? And Ms. Weems, we could start with you if you if you know of this. Everybody that hears about this project really, really is excited about it. They, you know, we get so much great feedback. The barbers and stylists have been really, I, I was blown away. Like, you know, when we finished up our trainings and, you know, we, you know, talk with them about what are your thoughts? How is, has this been helpful to you? And just how grateful the barbers and stylists are to have this information and how they're just like, we just need to make sure that this continues, that this is not a one and done thing because they said because of the information that they've gotten, they've been able to one, get help for themselves and two, really have been able to help their clients. Like this project is really doing what it is supposed to do. Um, one of the barbers just this weekend, he had a, um, he does a block party every year. And so we went and we had a table set up and I was talking to, you know, one of the people walked up to the table and he's like, oh, what's this table about? And I began to share with him, you know, what we were doing with the barbers. And he said to me, you know what? I'm so glad I came because I have mental health issues. I was seeing a therapist. I no longer see them. And I do need to, I've been wanting to get with another therapist, but I want somebody that is a black, that looks like me, that's a black therapist. And one of the resources that we offer is NAMI came out with a list of all the African-American therapists in Allegheny County. And so we can refer from that list. And I was able to give him that pic that Curtis showed you that he had. It has a, we have a concierge line that people can call in and we link them with resources. And I was able to give him that, uh, that pic and I gave him some resources and said, call this number and they will help you find a therapist. And he was so grateful. And so that just let me know that this is really doing what it's supposed to do. Community members are excited about the project. Um, you know, when I um, sit down and talk about it, um, it makes sense to them. They understand, you know, what, what we aim to do, um, how we're trying to do it, um, the impact that it can have on the community. Um, I think in the beginning, like um, kind of like selfishly, for lack of better words, um, I hadn't met Lori in CCBHO yet. So I felt like this was kind of like my thing. I was going to like champion the cause. No one else had thought of it. But I'm I'm just really that um, grateful that great minds think alike. And I was able to, you know, join the team and we'll be able to have a um, a very huge impact on not only this community, uh, but surrounding communities in terms of mental health, because um, barbershops and salons are very um, protective and difficult to get into. Um, just as they're like the, the safest and most therapeutic places um, that we have, they're also sacred and they're protected. Um, so there's a certain trust that they have to lend to us in order to let us come in and work, allow us to do what we do, um, to tell their stories, um, to share the stories about their uh, clients and um, allow us to have, you know, that space to create um, the impact that we want to have. So 
Um, and because of that, and, and what our um, barbers and stylists are taking back to their communities, um, it's creating a wider net, um, it's creating more safety. Um, they're aware of what we're doing, they're excited, more people want to be a part of it. And um, it, it's really going to put us in a position to really have a significant impact, especially in the city of Pittsburgh. See, thank you. How do you think the hair initiative will need to grow or and or change in the future? Um, I definitely think that it needs to continue. Um, we, you know, we we've uh, we've trained I think twenty five barbers and stylists, which was our goal. Um, but now we're actually in the process of expanding it. It was just Allegheny County specific. And so we're trying to expand it into um, several other counties. We're working on um, expanding it into um, Chester County now. So, um, you know, we're just trying to get everywhere that we can possibly get um, with this because everybody could use this, you know, type of every community could use this type of um, help. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that. We've been working on this for a while. Um, I, I want to say we're closing in on almost, you know, two years. Uh, we put a lot into it, a lot of time, a lot of energy. And I think we've came up with um, a niche and a, a really great product. I think um, in terms of just like the curriculum, I think in terms of the delivery, um, the, the trainings and how they're implemented, and I always, um, you know, start to look towards, you know, the future, like what's next. So, you know, when we're we're talking about going to other, um, you know, counties and, you know, different things like that. Um, once again, we're like starting to cast that wider net. And I just see it evolving. You know, we, we've come up with one thing and that there's always a need or a challenge to say, OK, how can we improve this? How can we do this better? Um, we've implemented Narcan, CPR training, a lot of things that weren't um, like necessarily, we didn't think about those things in the beginning, but it's been evolving this whole time. So it, it's going to continue to evolve. So the next question or the next challenge is always going to be like, okay, what can we do next to impact more people? What can we do next to make sure that uh, people are walking away with tools? What can we do next to make sure that people um, understand what's being taught and they're, they're able to go into their communities and implement this? Um, and for me, um, since we put in that work and we've been together so long, I, I feel like we all we found a niche and we feel like this is our thing. And how cool is that to be able to do um, something you love on such a large scale? Uh, for me, barbering, mental health and training I would do it for free. <laughs> so, you know, to be able to, you know, do this and, and do something that you love and enjoy um, on such a large scale is pretty cool. And then having that, that wide of an impact on so many communities, so many people who are distressed and, and more specifically um, disenfranchised people, black and brown, brown people, people who may not necessarily feel safe going to seek these services, um, being able to turn that around and let them know it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to seek services. 
you're safe and we can help you find the help that you need. Um, that's that's pretty cool. And I, I don't I don't see it stopping. And I would add too that we really do try to incorporate when we say we partner with the barbers and stylists, we mean that. And we always ask them, how is this working? Is this working? What else can we do? What else would you like for us to talk about? Is there something else that we need to have? Are we meeting too much? Do we meet, you know what I mean, enough? And we really do try to make sure that their ideals um because they're the experts, really, you know what I mean? And we we try to incorporate their ideals. So we've tweaked things here and there as we've gone along, and we will continue to do that um, because we want this to be their program and something that they really find useful and that really, really works for them. So, you know, their input is very, very important. visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Mm-hmm.